I think I had actually mentioned one time already that my stepfather had forced me to smoke marijuana at nine years old. And I was thinking about it, and I think that it's a good possibility. I found a link between that and the reason I was stealing and going in people's houses as a little kid. Yeah, that's creepy, right? Yeah, I know. Anyway, I think the reason is connected here because, um, not because of the drug itself, not because of the THC. It actually calmed me down. It dumbed me down, I guess you could say. And uh, I think that, see, after I started, after I smoked with him that day, after I took a hit and, turned into a pothead, I, uh, <laughs> I wanted more, but he didn't like me. He only liked my two little brothers, which are about a year younger than me, year and two years. Um, so he wouldn't share with me, but he'd share with them. And so I started stealing it from him, stealing from his ashtray, you know, whatever I could at one point. And then I started learning how to crawl into his room nearly on my belly like a snake to steal his pot. Um, this happened for years. Uh, he would wake up in the morning at 5 a.m. and get ready to go to work. And he would scream my name because a nice little chunk of his pot was missing. Well... I didn't know how much pot I was taking and he would have quarter pound bags and I would take like an ounce at a time out, sometimes more. And, uh, he would go crazy. <laughs> I would think that he couldn't notice, but I knew he had scales, but I didn't think he would measure it the next, the following morning, but he became, well, he got hip to me. He got hip and he started setting up traps for me in his bedroom. He'd bring his weed in there and sit it next to his bed. His bed was in the floor on two mattresses. Um, it was a big king size mattress and took up a good portion of the room, except a little slide spot next to the wall and his bed. My mom was on the other side. My mom always told him, stop. You are paranoid because of the marijuana. You're paranoid. Stop thinking somebody took your pot. Well, I really was taking his pot. Um, my, uh, I didn't know it, but my little brothers were too. So <laughs> that made it even worse for him, I guess. But uh, so anyway, that creeping in there for years in his bedroom with the only thing saving me, I believe, in my opinion, was his air conditioner. They had an air conditioner in their room to keep it cool there in Memphis, Tennessee. You know, they kept it cool in their room for sure. So the only thing saving me from being caught was I was extremely careful because I didn't want to get caught because this guy felt I looked at him like he was a monster. I was scared of the guy. Um, so I didn't want to get caught. So I was extremely quiet. And then you got this loud air conditioner rolling. And it's P 
pitch black dark. Um, they got no windows in the bedroom. Um, I think the one window there might have been was so covered up that you couldn't tell. But uh, anyway, it's pitch black dark. It's pitch black. I make sure it's pitch black in the rest of the house before I open their door quietly and crawl in there like a little snake and try to steal something, steal some pot. So I'm doing this and I'm getting away with it. I, he's got crochet bars leaned up against the wall. You know, those crochet clubs that you hit the ball with to play crochet. But anyway, he's got those leaned against the wall. He's got like dishes stacked with a spoon on top. And, uh, I mean, short of laser lights, you know, laser beams. He was ready for me. But somehow, out of desperation, I managed to get over all that and around it, get it, open the bag, take it out, close it back up, and get back out of the room and close the door. I mean, I should have, if I'd have been older, I'd have probably had a heart attack. <laughs> That's how scared I was. But I'm doing it anyway. Um, not only for myself, but because. I've got these guys that I think are my friends and, and they smoke pot. And I know when I got pot, they'll hang out with me. <sighs> that was a mistake. Anyway, uh, <laughs> learned my lesson on all that. Um, but now I'm figuring out why I was doing a lot of the stuff I was doing. And that's not including, you know, whatever happened when I was a kid, when I was sleeping with my eyes open and, walking in my sleep and doing all kinds of weird stuff. I don't know exactly what all happened. I know something happened, but I wasn't really briefed on it. <laughs> um, so alcohol, I started smoking at, or I started drinking alcohol about the same time I started smoking cigarettes because I tried one of his palm oils one day. He had these palm oil goals. Well, I picked the right cigarette to start smoking with, didn't I? Ugh. That thing was a killer. Anyway, I smoked that thing, laid on the couch, and was like, wow. I was like, high but sick. I didn't want to get off the couch, I remember. And uh, I thought I'd never smoke one of those nasty things again. And Somehow, I ended up doing it again and again and again. I think someone else may have done it, and I was like, hey, I'd, I'd do that too. You know, because I'd tried it, so I wanted to be the expert, I guess. Um, so... He was getting onto my case one day because I started acting different after I started smoking the pot. And then he smashed my, my bottles. I had a bottle collection and I had a 1923 December or not 1921 December 23rd Coke bottle. And it was engraved on the bottle. I dug it up out of a, a ditch, a mud ditch full of old bottles. I was collecting bottles with a friend that I was growing up with somewhat. And, uh, haven't seen that guy in decades. But, uh, so we're digging up bottles and I'm finding bottles from the 1800s. I mean, old bottles in this little spot in Memphis, Tennessee, in the woods near a park and uh, digging them up and cleaning them and polishing them and finding out I got really old bottles, one from Czechoslovakia from the 19, early 1900s. Uh, I had all sorts of bottles. I learned how to 
figure out how old a bottle was by the seam. Uh, there was all sorts of, it was fun. I'm just going to say that it was a, it was kind of a fun time in my life, but my prized possession, I guess was, um, that Coke bottle. I really liked the Coke bottle. And he came in one day and smashed my bottles and it kind of, that was everything I had. You know, I didn't have no toys or nothing because we were, whatever toys we had were more so for my little brothers than me because they were a little younger than me. And, and then we ended up tearing them up anyway. And so the only thing I had going for me was this little bottle collection. And I lost it now. Now I don't have it anymore. Well, it just so happened that it, this guy had been buying me new bottles, new little bottles of alcohol from the liquor store on the weekends to cash his check. And I would put them with my bottle collection. Well, he didn't break those. They had alcohol in them. They were full. Well, I decided that day, that evening, I was just going to go ahead and uh, try drinking. And I'm sure I already told this story. It was Goldschlager. And I opened a little bottle and started drinking. And there I went. Pretty soon, all my little weekend bottles were drank up. I had a little tin box, uh, tin Jack Daniels box with two little bottles in it. I drank that up. I mean, drinking alone now, a nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, drinking alone so that the world don't know yet, walking around drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Looking back, you know, I'm like, wow, what? What? <laughs> Did that really happen? Yeah, it happened. So uh, with the alcohol, it seemed I grew a uh, steel chest or something. And, uh, so I started doing stupid stuff on top of the, I done gotten used to stealing from stealing his marijuana. It was a habit and it was something I had gotten used to and didn't think of it as being a crime. I, it was just part of my normal life. I, I thought of it as being wrong. True. But I didn't think of it as being as serious as it was. And, it became habit and I ended up doing it in people's homes, even as a kid. And I understand where I got the idea. Well, I got the idea because I wanted more of what this guy forced me to smoke. I mean, I'm not going to take um, the blame away from myself for my, for who I am today. I mean, that's all me, but um, I have to own it. But uh, looking back and, and uh, putting everything together, I'm starting to realize things happened that led to my behavior, that led to all that. And one of the things that didn't help any was those prison systems <laughs> and juvenile systems. It didn't help any. I mean, you leave one, one jerk and then now you're moved in, you run off from one jerk and now you're arrested and you're living with a million jerks, you know, it's like, what's a kid to do at that point? But anyway, so I kind of, it felt, it's, it's kind of like it grew as part of my life. This is all like part of my life. And then I, I expanded outward. I, I let it come out of my homestead and into the streets and then I become criminal. See, I just. But it's not something I wanted to be, nor could I see. Thank God today I can see it. I can look back. 
the only problem with looking back is oh, I can't stand myself. I can't stand what I did. I can't stand the things I did in my life. And I know that I've given it to God and I've put it at the, his door and I've let it go. But when I talk about it, which I feel like I need to, at least to myself a little bit, <laughs> I mean, I pray about it too, but uh, when I talk about it a little bit, I feel like um, I'm getting it out of there. And at the same time, I'm reliving it. So I'm feeling guilt again for what I used to do 30, 40 years ago, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. But right now, I don't feel guilty. It's it's all done with um, most of the stuff I did. I even, I called and paid a dope dealer back. I wired a dope dealer money that I'd ripped off for some money. Sent her her money. So that, because I felt bad. <laughs> it was nothing, but I still felt bad. I felt bad. Anyway, um, I don't like stealing. I see other people on TV, on the news, stealing. And and I say, those people may not understand how serious what they're doing is. And that could be the issue with them. They may need to somehow be made to understand how serious it is what they've done. See, I didn't know that I was stealing from people who worked hard for very little money. You know, we're saving up that money to buy these things. I didn't think about that. I didn't look at any of that. I just looked at it like, I'm the only one here. I'm left out. The whole world's got something and I don't have anything. I'm tired of being treated this way. So it just became a cycle. So anyway, that's where my alcohol and drug use began. Um, I guess not much of a dramatic story there, but uh, that's where it began. And and that's when I committed about the same time I committed my first burglary over there at uh, my elementary school when I was a kid, when I tried to steal the Mickey Mouse ice creams. That's where it began. See, I started started practicing that kind of behavior at home. And there I went. So today's a new day and we can change everything we were yesterday. Life can be rough. Um, all right. Anyway, um, I guess I better get back to this book. I'm trying to get a book published uh, about the week before Halloween. It ought to be interesting. Um, it's called The Other Side of Scary by Sean Newberg. Have a great day.